0: Hear the Noise, a collection of short stories and tales written and presented by Daniel Noy. This episode, First Date Reflections. I'm sure you recall the story of Snow White. Her wicked stepmother had a magic mirror, and this was no ordinary mirror. It could talk. It would remind her how attractive she was whenever she was feeling a bit low. Being wicked, it was hard work after all. Every day she had the affirmation of her surface qualities and every day she embraced that confidence as she strut around her kingdom being a total cow, safe in the knowledge that she was hot. It may be hard to believe but I also had a mirror with similar properties. Its position and lighting depending on the time of day conjured a reflection that one might say had a handsome disposition. This pleasant reflection occurred despite evidence to the contrary, found in photographs and other mirrors of that, without such wizardry, displayed a face with a somewhat lacklustre appeal. I did my best to ignore these other images and returned to my magic mirror to witness my better me. It was in front of this magic mirror that I prepared myself ahead of a house party, where I was reliably informed that a mystery woman would be present, who was, and I quote, into me. I was an optimistic but naive film student at the time, a Londoner living in Edinburgh, still carrying the baggage of my teenage years. My reflection was still blurred with a memory of the acne that helped me garner the moniker Pizza Face, given to me by those I did not like but hoped to impress. This day was different, though. I was going to meet a sure thing who had no knowledge of my pizza-faced past. For those who are unaware of what a sure thing is, I guide you to the 1980s back catalogue of John Cusack for all the information you need. But I was no John Cusack. I had never been a person to embrace romantic risk. I just didn't have the confidence. I recall a student friend at the time whose fortitude oozed from his every pore. He didn't need a magic mirror. In his eyes, he was attractive, funny and desirable. He had no self-doubt. We would go out in an evening, and whilst I was nebbishly discussing the finer points of the mise-en-scene in a Bergen movie, my friend would walk up to a table of Swedish models and do his thing. I was never disappointed or jealous in such situations. I would just sit back and marvel, as if witnessing a documentary about the mating habits of lions, replete with the whispered David Attenborough commentary. I went to the party then, not with confidence in myself, but with the confidence that she was already interested. Surely I just needed to be in the same vicinity and the gravitational pull of inevitability would bring us together. It wasn't that simple. The woman had been described to me in the barest of detail. All I knew was that she spotted me in the audience of a student theatre production and she thought I was attractive. That's it. I had no idea what she was like, her interests, her history, her looks, and I didn't care. A stranger was attracted to me across a crowded room. I didn't need to know more. I could already hear the soundtrack of our meet-cute. A fact that was unbeknownst to me at the time was that she had only seen the back of my head in that audience. Had I known this, the side of me that demanded a magic mirror would have seen the risk and been a no-show to the party. What kind of nutcase wants to date a man based on the back of his head? I arrived at the party. I could feel I was standing straighter. After all, I was Romeo with the power to attract people across a room. In total ignorance, I began to mingle. The crammed student flat was replete with music, dancing, talking, drinking and smoking of substances both legal and dubious in nature. I knew just three people in attendance, but where was the one amongst this throng? Thankfully, my informant, my man on the inside, saw my searching expression and pointed out the interested party. She was engaged in delightful conversation at the other end of the room. I adjusted my position to get a good view. To my amazement, I recognised her. Where had I seen her before? In a dream, perhaps? No, not in a dream, but outside a nightclub. Amongst the sea of drunk, costumed students waiting to gain entry to cheap beer and bad music, this was the sole face that attracted my attention. She had been dressed as a devil that night, and now she was in front of me again, minus the horns and the pitchfork, and I was immediately smitten. She had short black hair, blue eyes and a sense of mystery, a combination of Claudette Colbert and Janine Turner, the star of the TV show Northern Exposure, who'd been my most recent celebrity crush. I was immediately intimidated by the situation, and my newly gained height quickly disappeared. Suddenly there was more at stake. Though I went in expecting a sure thing, the honest truth was I was already primed for failure. And now, I really wanted this to work out. But that would involve having to speak to her, an obstacle I had not prepared myself adequately for. I took a long, deep breath, which involved me nearly choking on the carcinogenic fumes that engulfed the room. And then I walked across and did what only a true romantic hero would. I just stood near her, vaguely. Not in her line of sight, that would obviously be too forward, but close enough for nothing to happen. I was merely hoping that by proximity I would be pulled into whatever conversation was happening, but my gravitational plan was not working. No wonder I failed science at school. For a brief moment there was a pause in her conversation. This could be my opportunity for action. I ran through a range of possible opening gambits. If I had learned nothing else from watching the TV show Friends, I knew there were a million and one ways to say hello. Before I realised what was happening, she had glided across the room to speak with another friend. I needed a new approach, but I didn't have one. In the face of not having a single move in my arsenal, I did the same again, moving across the room, shyly drinking nearby, hoping to catch her eye. There was a brief glance, a slight side-eye flicker. I had no idea if she had noticed me, recognised me, or was just trying to remove a floater from her eyeball. I was paralysed. I needed her to make the first move if I was to believe she was actually interested. I continued to follow her around the party, hoping that she'd get the hint and talk to me. Once we had gone a full circle around the room, one of the three people I knew, without knowledge of this strange party stakeout, simply introduced us. I have no recollection of what I said. I doubt it was full of wit and wisdom. My nerves would not have allowed it. I can only assume it was some combination of embarrassed grunts. In response to my Neanderthal mutterings, I discovered that she was a business student from Edinburgh. She was funny, intelligent, social and incredibly cool. Intimidatingly cool. I was desperate to impress, aiming for that delicate balance of looking like I belonged whilst also seeming above it all. I failed on both accounts, but at least she was acknowledging me. As PM turned to AM, she asked me a straightforward question. Do you want to go for a walk? I'd seen enough movies to know this question could mean something more than a gentle stroll, but as we gathered our coats, I was still unsure. How should I play this? Was she actually into me? We walked to the front door and looked at each other. And to my great relief, after fawning over her the whole evening, she made the first move, grabbed me, and we kissed. Our first kiss. And in that kiss, we communicated everything we had been skirting around that evening. No additional words needed to be said. No one needed to pretend to be something they were not. With that one kiss, everything was on the table. We said our goodbyes and left. It was around 1am by now and the streets of Edinburgh had a mythical air about them. The drunks, urine and vomit that would normally carpet the streets at night seemed to disappear and it truly felt like it was only us. As we walked and got to know each other we held hands. Classed together, they seemed like a perfect fit. It was as if they were meant to be together. An admittedly blatant and unapologetic metaphor of the relationship to come. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Eventually, we found ourselves by the closed gates to Princess Street Gardens and she suggested we climb the wall into the park. I was initially reticent, but as an Edinburgh native, she assured me this action would have no consequence. She had that thing people call an edge and I found this exhilarating. It was like the beginning of an adventure from a John Hughes movie and I wanted desperately to be Judd Nelson and not Anthony Michael Hall. So we climbed the wall. we walked through the park and down the promenade, under the mooncast shadow of the castle, the only trespassers around. The evening flowed seamlessly from one perfect moment to the next, to the point that to the unromantic among you it would almost seem contrived. It was, in fact, magical. In the centre of the park sits an open-air theatre that has graced many a legendary act. But in the early hours of the morning the stage was ours, We sat on the edge, looking up at the lights of the street and the stars above us. And I recall I said something that was either hilarious or profound. The words don't really matter anymore. But the person who was speaking them, that was the person from the magic mirror. Not the better looking version of myself, but a better version of myself. We kissed. In that moment, with both logic and reality a distant thought, I knew one thing to be true. I was in love. When the early morning light was beginning to rise, we decided to walk home. She accompanied me to the door of my digs, which looked just as bad on the inside as they did on the outside. But I didn't invite her into my squalor. We both instinctively knew that taking this evening any further would undo something unique and special from the last few hours. We'd had a perfect evening. And with the morning sounds of the city increasing in volume we simply kissed goodnight. A parting question of see you tomorrow would end up being our first proper date and that mystery woman is now my wife. She may have a very different recollection of the events of that night but what is true is that somehow she became my magic mirror reflecting the me I am now and what I still hope to be. And though I may not have eyes in the back of my head I hope she occasionally glances at it Thinner, greyer, and she sees the same scalp that she found so follically appealing all those years ago. First Date Reflections Written, read and produced by Daniel Noy